This live stream is sponsored by Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. For the best hay all year long, get Larson Farms. From a single bale to a train load, Larson Farms has all the hay you need. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. <laughs> with your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, broadcasting from Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world. And in the studio with me, I have Bonnie Heath from Bonnie Heath Farm and Brian Cox from New Millennium Realty. And we're going to chat a little bit about a rather famous story happened right here in the horse capital, and that is needles. Bonnie, it's lovely to have you uh, with us. Thanks, Louisa. It's good to be here. Um, I get real popular around this time of the year. I wonder, I wonder why. <laughs> coming up on Derby? <laughs> everybody, everybody, yeah, the Derby's coming up. Everybody wants to talk about the Derby, which is fun. Um, gosh, uh, I was in Fort Lauderdale, uh, Derby Day, 1956, as a six-year-old little boy. I was going to say, were you in diapers? Yeah, you must have oh, well, no. Was, Nappies, I, as we I, say I in English. I hope I was. Uh, <laughs> Not at six. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember it vividly, uh, and I was... Uh, I was hooked. I thought it was there was nothing to it, but uh, I used to go backside Hialeah when I was probably five, four and a half, five, and they would uh, throw me up on Needles' lead pony, big old Palomino named Rusty, and I'd go right around the backside of Hialeah, and I just had had a ball. So, you know, it was in my blood. Everybody says, "How'd you get in the horse business?" And I said, "I had no choice because <laughs> I, I was diseased at birth. I, that was my deal." That's usually the way it works. Yeah, yeah. 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 And but my sisters could care less. So, um, Isn't that interesting? Yeah, but I, I just I just loved it. You know what a horse he was. We can talk more about him. We can talk about him all day. Yeah, well, let's talk about his beginning, which was a little troubled. He got his name Perfect. because he got stabbed with so many needles. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it, what happened almost didn't happen uh, for a couple of times. He, uh, he was very sickly foaled. He had pneumonia. Uh, Dr. Bronner was here, uh, who was the first equine vet in Ocala. Wonderful man, wonderful, wonderful man. And uh, penicillin was just coming around at that time. And, but the people that, that bred him and fold him, uh, Bill Leach, and Di his wife was Dickie Leach. She was a nurse, and she was able to give the shots herself uh, often. And I don't know how many he got, but uh, that, that's where his name did come from. And wow. uh, he, But he, you know what? He, he was a fighter. He, he, oh, yeah, he was a fighter. He, always, he ate, never quit eating through the whole thing. I mean, he was just a, just a tough guy. I get that. Yeah. And they said the other, <laughs> other yeah. And I said the other reason it was named Needles is he was always needling the other foals out in the paddock. Boss man. He, he, was, he was something else. He was an April 29th foal. So wow, he so he was later. Late, late in the year for, for, for thoroughbreds. Yeah. But, uh, but like I say, what that almost was didn't happen. And then when it was time for, uh, when he was a two-year-old, early in his two-year-old year, he was in a sale. And uh, Hugh Fontaine, who was my dad and uh, Jack Dudley's trainer, they were getting out of the business. They said, you know, we're through, we're done. We don't want to do it anymore. We've got cheap claimers. Uh, we've had enough. And he comes to him one more time and he says, you got to buy this horse. And they said, we don't want to buy this horse. He said, well, if you don't, he said, this guy was an ace in World War One. flew biplanes in World War One. Wow. So he, he was a tough old boy. And uh, he says, if you don't buy this horse, he said, I'm going to sell my car and I'm going to mortgage my house and, and I'm going to buy the horse myself, which probably was bunk, but anyway, it was it, what he said, and they and they did. They bought him. They paid twenty thousand dollars for him in nineteen fifty-five, which is it's a lot which of money. Was, that that was, was a lot yeah. of money in fifty-five. Yes, and of course, the the rest is history. He becomes two-year-old champion, uh, first champion from Florida, and becomes the, the rest happened the next year. So, pretty pretty exciting stuff. And you remember it all so vividly, and it just got you just completely hooked into the when he was running. Um, and going to the backside. I love the backside. Still love so the backside. So do I. Yeah, the backside it's my is favorite just place. Where, where all the characters are. We don't, I don't think we have the characters we used to, but uh, I, I love the backside, yeah. Yeah, I do too. Uh, when we go to the races, to cover races for the show, that's where you'll find me. Yeah. Back there in the barns visiting. Yeah. 
and I'd, going by to see the horses and the people that work with them every day and I love all of that. I told somebody the other day, I said, I'm not, I'm not as excited about the horse business as I used to be, but I still love the horses. It's just, it's inside of me. So talk about Needle's career and then that getting that getting to the Derby, of course, which is huge, and then the Preakness and yeah. and the Belmont and and not winning the Triple Crown, but yet still being there is just incredible, you know. I'll tell you a great lead-up story. Um, he was champion, co-champion, two-year-old, a horse named Nail was the other champion, two-year-old in '55, and they're getting ready for the for the three-year-old season early in South Florida. And my dad and uncle and a bunch of other people were at that dinner table. Up, I don't. I don't remember where it was, that make any difference, but at the table next to him was uh, a gentleman who was a banker and a well-known handicapper, et cetera. And he knows my uncle, and he leans over to my uncle and he says, hey, I, I can tell you who's going to win the Derby in 19, 1956 this year. And my uncle says, well, well, who? And he says, Nail. And so they, he leans over and tells my dad, and about three or four minutes later, my uncle leans back to the guy and he says, I got a guy sitting at my table that's got $50,000 that says Nail won't win. <laughs> oh, that's a Ooh. lot of money. And, and, and Mr. Banker backed up pretty quick. He said, uh, no, I'm, I'm a $2 better. So that, <laughs> that, that, that was the end of that deal. But he, you know, um, my dad was a brilliant guy, um, not just because he's my dad. People that knew him, uh, he had great business savvy. He was a land man in the oil, oil business, and he knew great land and great property. He came to Ocala, he and Jack Dudley came to Ocala before Needles ever ran as a three-year-old and bought their farms. Because he laughed about how naive he was. He was 39 years old. He, was, he laughed, he said, we were so naive, we thought there was nothing to this because he was champion two-year-old. So he had to be champion three-year-old. I mean, it just had to happen. And by golly, it did. But they bought both their farms. Uh, he actually bought his farm uh, on my birthday in 1956. About two or three weeks after Ocala Stud came to Ocala. Really? Yeah, yeah. Gosh. so it all happened. I mean, it all it's so hard to even imagine what Ocala was like before all of this. Right. This well, is what started it all as the, the horse capital. Wonderful place to grow up. I mean, we moved up here from Fort Lauderdale when I was six. And I mean, talk about dying and going to heaven. Yes. Yeah, this was this changed from Fort Lauderdale. Little, little, little different, yeah, a little different well, landscape up here. Lauderdale back then was yeah. pretty neat. Yeah. Was it? 50s and 60s, Lauderdale was long before y'all, but uh, Florida was a neat place back then, but they yeah. had horses. Right, we right. Have, we gotta have horses. So you came up here, rolling hills and uh, unspoiled, I imagine then, because yeah. I'm sure everything that is now built wasn't no, it, wasn't yeah, here. Yeah, it it was, was, it was all land. I'm not sure there was a four lane road in place. They found really? a four lane Pine Street. I don't remember what it was, but uh, if there was one, it was Pine Street. Later on came Silver Springs. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was wonderful. Must have been an amazing time. It was. It was. And Lots I had, of horses. I had 740 acres to play on. Really? And, yeah, and that lasted about, a, about almost two years. And then the first day of summer vacation, six o'clock in the morning, get to snudge my dad. Get your, you know what, out of bed. <laughs> I, said, I said, yes, sir. I said, I said, uh, I said but it's summer vacation. He says, I'm. I'm perfectly aware of what day it is. He says, <laughs> he says, go get the farm manager. He's got, go find the farm manager. He's got a job for you. And I worked, I started working on the farm at eight years old. And I, I, it wasn't just riding around in a golf cart. It was, it was shoveling Real manure way. and it was raking leaves and doing stuff. They wouldn't let me handle the horses. It, that came later on. And that, that was a wise move too. Gives you good work ethic though, you know, yes. right from start to, to yeah. have to look after a place. I mean, 700 plus acres and a yeah. family, you know, you, you pitch in, right? 35 cents an hour. Ooh. I'll never forget. Ooh, you rich man. My, my, yeah, <laughs> rich boy. <laughs> my uncle was a bookkeeper and he gave me, gives me my first check and it's got the deductions for Social Security. Like, what is this? Eight-year-old kid. <laughs> he, said, he said, that's Social Security. I said, Ah, that's not going to be around when I get old. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't very funny later on. No, it's not now, right? <laughs> Back so then, you could probably buy a lot for 35 cents, though. Shoveling poo for yeah, 35 good. cents an you hour and, and having stuff deductions. My mom tells me stories about gas and milk and bread and, oh, yeah. you know, what you could get for a dollar, you know. Crazy back then. I know you're right. 35 cents. And there weren't 12 choices of everything either. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. Simpler. Much what, simpler. What a, yeah. Wonderful time to grow up. What a fabulous story. Yeah. That's amazing. It's got to be so exciting just yeah. to be part of the family that 
uh, you know, had this amazing horse who really put Ocala on the map as a, as a serious breeding center for thoroughbreds. It really, it really did. And, and Carl Rose and some other guys got started up here ahead right. of time. But, and, but uh, Carl Rose knew land. He, was, uh, he had a whole bunch of uh, phosphate mines and, uh, for road building, et cetera, et cetera. And had his, had his fingers at all kinds of stuff. Uh, good, good man. Well, we got, uh, we got more with Bonnie. We're going to come back in just yeah. a few minutes and, uh, and hear some more of this story. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. We'll be right back. This is Brian Cox with New Millennium Realty, your local real estate professional selling residential homes and horse farms throughout Marion County and Central Florida. Are you in the market for an immaculate mini farm? We have an 11.6 acre farm with 12 stalls, covered round pin, beautiful paddocks, and completely updated home. Contact Louisa Barton for info or to set up a private showing. Let our team help you find the next farm for you and your horses. New Millennium Realty, the future of real estate. Seminole Feed is a family-owned company always striving to exceed your expectations with our dedication to customer service since 1934. Seminole is one of the few companies today manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring of our production process to keep our nutrition safe for your horse. Using only quality ingredients and superior formulas made in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill right here in Ocala. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best equine... This is Hall of Fame jockey Gary Stevens. You're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. Thank you to our broadcast sponsor, Larson's Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm in the studio and I have Bonnie Heath from Bonnie Heath Farm and Brian Cox from New Millennium Realty. I'm fortunate enough to be a realtor with my license listed with Brian and uh, that's a wonderful experience I think all realtors who should have especially in the farm world because he takes extra good care I've seen him clean toilets and pressure wash houses and muck barns yeah. so that when people arrive to their new home that it looks the way it should look so and I have personally seen him clean toilets not that that's his claim to fame but he's a good guy well, so. we, but we did it <laughs> we did it yeah. <laughs> yeah so we're talking a little bit about needles and um, he was a cantankerous kind of a horse he was he Didn't he refuse to breeze coming up yeah, to the Kentucky yeah. Derby? He, he was a naughty he, boy, right? We, you know, God bless Hugh Fontaine, his trainer, because he knew the horse and he knew when to ask him and how to ask him, that kind of stuff. They actually uh, they chased him with a broom, for, you know, tried to get him to work. He uh, bought a bullwhip and they would crack it and walk along behind it. They wouldn't hit him with it, but they would make They'd the noise. They'd crack it, yeah. And, and, and he'd go about four steps to and look like, come on. You know, let's, <laughs> he, he'd play the game with him. He would just, he would... A brilliant horse, he really was. But he wouldn't work until he wanted to work. And they knew that. And so coming up to the Derby, they, he had won the Florida Derby in Flamingo. Um, and he was the favorite for the Kentucky Derby. But there was a six-week break. And no horse had done that for a long, long time off a six-week break. And they were going to do off of works. So uh, they had him scheduled to breeze the Saturday before, week before. But the eighth day before, on that Friday before that, uh, David Erb, who was his jockey, David's on him, and he, he looks at Fontaine, he said, boss, he said, this horse is right, we need to go today. He says, you know how he is, we need to go. Fontaine says, no, I promised the press that I'd wait till tomorrow. Well, they waited till the next day, and he worked like a pig. I mean, he just, he fiddled around. And I don't know what, what the time was, but I, it was, I could probably go that fast. And so he, he got nothing out of it. So he comes, oh, yeah, he comes back, he was a mile and a quarter, and two 220, I don't know, it doesn't make any difference, it was, it was slow. So he gets nothing out of it. So it comes derby time, and he's he drew the one hole. He had saddle cloth three, but there were a couple of entries, so he had the had the rail, which was not a favorite place to be. Right. They asked old Fontaine, he said, How, what do you think about the one hole? He says, I love it. They said, what do you mean you love it? He says, it's the only damn hole I'm gonna get. He says, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. So I'll take it. So uh, <laughs> David says, you know, the horse hadn't run for six weeks, so he's sharp. He's a stretch runner, so you don't want him up on the lead, but he's sharp because he hadn't run. So when they, when they pop the latch, here comes Needles, and all of a sudden he's about to be on the lead. So David has to reach up and take a hold of him. And he says, you know, he was the kind of horse that you never knew. If you got a hold of him, maybe he's going to give you anything later on. But anyway, he, he got, got a hold of him, and going down the backside, he's 24 lengths behind, 25 or whatever it was. He's got, I think he's got one horse beat. But that was his style. Put my mother 
in the hospital. I was going to say, <laughs> I'd have to go in the bathroom and pray. Well, yeah, and she, and <laughs> I couldn't she, watch. Yeah, she knew, she knew her style, but it was just... It it's got to make you feel sick, yeah. even if you know his style, you know yeah. you're feeling sick. Yeah. You're like... <laughs> But I'd be like Mark Cassie, you know, Mark Cassie doesn't like watching his own races, yeah. he goes in the bathroom. That would be me, I'd be like, I'm looking at Tell me when he wins. Yeah. Yeah. So, so down the backside, you know, Davis is, he said, it doesn't really make any difference what I do. He said, I hit him on top of the head or the butt, or it, it doesn't make any difference. He said, well, we're going along, and he said, I'm doing whatever I can do. And I said, all of a sudden, I, he said, I feel him grab that bit. He said, "By God, here we go!" And he said, "It was started right." I mean, they're in and out, and they're in and out. And if you watch the video, try to find that old video of the '56 Derby and watch the last hundred yards, because he's running down Fabius, who's the Calumet horse. And the the instant he passes Fabius, about two more jumps is the wire, and he's on his proper lead. Stands are over here, and he makes he hits the wire, he sees the flash, and he swaps to his wrong lead pricks his ears and he looks at the, at the crowd like, did you see that? Did you see it? When you see it, you'll see what I'm talking about. Smart guy. Very, yeah, very big. So anyway, he's knocked out. Uh, David said for the Preakness, he just, he wasn't there. He just, he ran well. You he think ran. he was just tired? Yeah. So close. He, he was just wrung out because he hadn't yeah. been working. He'd been no. fiddling around. Yeah. yeah. And that's but, so close. Yeah. I mean, two weeks is yeah. not long enough. But I, I, I don't, back then, you know, he ran 11 times as a two-year-old. Oh. I mean, so he. So he was used to running pretty regular. He didn't even win. He was just fiddling around. Anyway, so he, but he runs second. He runs good enough to run second. Got beat a length in three quarters, I think. Mm -hmm. But came back three weeks later and won the, won the Belmont. So. Um, and that's a heck of a distance. Yeah, mile and a half. Mile and but half, but yeah. you know, it is now. Uh, back then, that was just Not a so much. distance. That was just. You know, horses. Uh, I, I got tickled at an advertisement. Somebody was advertising a stud not long ago. It's, he could go a mile. Well, he's a third <laughs> ready. You, you ought to go two miles. But anyway, that's that's what we're up against nowadays. But, uh, he he was he was a clown. He uh, uh, he had a chance to go to Chicago after that during the summer. I don't remember the month. to make any difference. And Swoon's son, who was a, really a good horse, was in Chicago at Arlington. And David Erb actually rode him also. And uh, I think the guy's name was Wilson. I'm not sure that owned. Because uh, David was, he was beside him, so I didn't know what to, who to ride. And, and uh, the gentleman said, David, you need to ride your derby horse. You know, that, that's where you belong, you need to ride the derby. Which was a nice and wonderful thing to do. Well, Swoonson beat us. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, he beat us pretty good. And, and uh, my dad taught me a lesson. He said, don't, don't always be eager to go looking for somebody. He said, because it doesn't always turn out like you think it's going to turn out. He, he gave me an old Damon Runyon quote, which I, I guess I can put on the show, can I? Of course. Okay. It was to the, he, he told me that if a, if a person tells you that they can cut the jack of spades out of a deck of card, cards and that jack of spades will piss apple juice in your ear, he says, get ready to have an earful of apple juice. <laughs> you know, one, of my, one of my childhood lessons. Good lesson. Yeah, it was. It was. But so what was it like to be in the family and, and to be involved with this horse. It has to have been like, for you, you must have been like, kind of like star shot kind of. Well, I, you know, I was, I was six. So, uh, you know, I'm playing, I'm doing, I'm doing whatever six-year-old kids do. I had my buddies in Lauderdale. We came to Ocala, I had to meet new friends, but uh, uh, instantly got a lot of friends. I don't know if it's because of the horse or because they like me, but it's probably because probably they like the horse. But. Uh, it, it was fabulous. You know, my parents were gone a lot uh, watching the horse run, but it was it was a, a once in a lifetime deal, and uh, I, I wouldn't trade. Something interesting happened <clears throat> later on in the year. Uh, Needles was invited to come on to the field at University of Florida homecoming game. I'm I'm not making this up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I think it was early December against the University of Miami, and. So Fontaine calls David, the jockey, and says, David, he tells him what they're going to do. They're going to take the horse on the field at halftime of the football game. And David says, you're what? Okay. <laughs> bring a bucket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, th I think everybody was, yeah. was uh, got the ace out for that deal. But, oh, yeah. yeah but, but anyway, it, they did it, and, and it was it was probably a little dicey. There's a, there's a film on, on uh, 
I think it was on YouTube a few years ago. I don't know if it's still out there, but uh, he actually went on the field. What and year was that again? 56. Okay. Late, late Same 56. Year. How cool is that? Yeah. And then he is the only horse I know of to ever receive a letter blank. <coughs> you can't give a horse a jacket or a sweater. You get a, he, ha he has two. You know, he's, he's, I don't know how many horses that have one. He has two. He has one from the University of Florida, and he has one from Oklahoma A&M, which is where my folks went to school. And it's now Oklahoma State, which is where I went to school. So he has two. Two. Yep, and they're out at uh, at the FQBOA. All his trophy and, his and blankets trophy and all, and all, all, the, all that good stuff's out there. Yeah. Wow. How yeah. nice! Yeah, so he's pretty. You important. and me need to go out there and take some photos with all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. When I get back from Lexington, one of my parents were at that game. My, my dad started Florida in 1960, but they used to go to games. Maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So pretty awesome. Before that, yeah. It's pretty amazing. What an exciting, yeah. incredible career he had and a little cantankerous and a difficult start and struggling he, to he survive and, and coming back and maybe that's why he was a little bit cantankerous because he was used to he struggled as little you know as a foal yep. and um, and then to end up just so successful almost winning the triple crown yep. um, and my well, gosh being in all three of those races and succeeding just a huge uh, huge thing to yeah, I don't know that we've been able to keep him here if he'd won the triple crown the stand stuff maybe they were offered um, they were offered $250,000 from Bull Hancock at Claiborne mm -hmm. and two unraced two-year-olds who were a high lead at that time. And one of those two-year-olds was Roundtable. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what if, what if, but you know what? It all worked out exactly like it was supposed to. Like it was and supposed I would, to. I we got, we got more from Bonnie. We got to take a break just for a few minutes yeah. and we're going to come back and, um, and we're going to wrap this story up with kind of bringing us up to, to now and, uh, and uh, just great. I could talk to him for hours on end. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. We'll be right back. Attention, North Central Florida. Palm Chevrolet, the area's number one volume Chevy dealer, is pre-qualifying customers for new cars without using a social security number. That's right. We don't need your social to get you qualified for a new car. Simply log on to palmchevrolet.com, enter your name and address, and instantly get your credit score, interest rate, even your payment on any new Chevy in stock. This will not affect your credit score. Log on to palmchevrolet.com and get pre-qualified now. Or visit Palm Chevrolet, Southwest College Road in Ocala. Find new roads. We're a unique, tough breed. We work long, hard hours making sure your horses are healthy and properly shod. Because, well, we farriers know horses perform better when they're properly shod and healthy. You want quality horse products, supplements, and farrier supplies at affordable prices. And you won't settle for anything less. TT Distributors is dedicated to quality horse products, supplements, and farrier supplies at affordable prices. Racehorse or a pasture pony, TT Distributors has what you need. 7715 West Highway 40, Ocala. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, broadcasting from the horse capital of the world, Ocala, Marion County, Florida. In the studio with me, I've been talking to a, a man that's rather famous. Uh, actually, there's a, there's a road named after his dad. Bonnie Heath Boulevard. Most people have been down it, I'm sure. There's a bit more traffic probably on it than there was when his dad was in the horse business. Uh, Bonnie Heath from Bonnie Heath Farm. And I have Brian Cox from New Millennium Realty, who is helping me co-host the show, uh, jumping in with some good comments and questions. Um, we've been talking about needles. Uh, a really big part of how Ocala got its name uh, for breeding and training thoroughbred racehorses, uh, a huge big part of that. We talked a little bit about him, his foldhood, and uh, his uh, his experience with too many needles, and uh, a cantankerous little guy fought his way back and uh, really, uh, really put Ocala in the history books. So we're kind of bringing that up to today, and and now you still have the farm and 19 horses or so. Uh, how do you see so many differences in? growing up in the industry and in the industry now? Yeah, your views of things change from your, when you're, when you're adolescent and all that good stuff, but uh, it's, it's tough now. It really, really is tough. The expenses have gotten out of hand, I guess you'd say. Um, for example, a, a 50 pound bag of feed from when we bought our place in 2004 to now has doubled in price. Yes. Uh, and so the, the numbers just are really, really tough. And when, 
when I, we first came around, it was called the Sport of Kings. In the 40s and 50s, it was called the Sport of Kings. And we may be going back to that because of the, of the economics. Now, partnerships have come, come online, and uh, they've, done, they've done well. Uh, they get a lot of people involved. In the syndication uh, type. Yes, yes, yeah, and they have a lot of fun. And uh, it, it should be fun. Um, if, if it's not fun, then you should do something else. But uh, what we need to all understand in this business is that these are living, breathing animals. Yes. And they're to be treated as such. And, uh, Amen. And I'm not here to toot my horn, but we have for years put stickers on our jockey club <coughs> that uh, we will take our horses back. If they're ever in need of a home, we'll take them back. And we've had some calls. And we don't, you don't always get calls. I mean, um, uh, we actually had found one of ours in, in a retirement home out in the Midwest. And we called them and they said, we said, why didn't you call us? And they said, oh, we don't do that which shocked me a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's self-perpetuation or what that is, but um, anyway, uh, we have an awesome responsibility. We breed these animals and we put them in the world and uh, the people that are on the other end don't always recognize that. The people that race them uh, tell the trainer, just get rid of it. And that's, that's, that's not good. No, that, no, that, it's I not. I don't like that part of it, but uh, I'm not against racing. I love racing. I love racing. Um, and I know a lot of good people in the racing yeah. industry. And there we've are a lot of good folks. A lot of bad press in the last <coughs> month or so. With um, the Santa Anita. Over the racetrack. And, and uh, um, we need to focus on the good stuff. Yes. There's a lot of good. And, co and correct, correct the bad. I'm not yes. saying this bad stuff doesn't happen. happen Can I ask you, business. do you think the track needs to come up and be replaced? I, I, I don't do. know. Um, I've had some conversations with various and sundry people. I, I noticed we had, we had a horse that we bred that won the uh, San Carlos we could go Saturday, uh, St. Joe Bay, Florida bred, seven-year-old. Nice. So he's a, he's a sound old boy. And we saw him last summer. His legs are cool and clean as when he was a two-year-old. That's wonderful. And he's had 35, 36 starts, whatever it is. But he won that race on Saturday, a week ago Saturday, uh, seven furlongs, grade two, uh, 124, just a hair over 124, which in the old days, he'd have gotten beat 15 lengths. <laughs> in, 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 in right. that, you know, that track was so fast out there. Yeah. It always was. But uh, he won by three lengths. I mean, he just galloped. And uh, so it's, they've done something to it. Um, but I've had conversations with David Earl, like I say, that rode needles. And David's take was that Dave was a jockey in the 40s and 50s. And he said in those old days, he said they didn't go in and cut uh, or put a base under tracks. They might have put clay or compacted some dirt or whatever, but they didn't come in and put a lime rock base and, and the kind of things that we do nowadays are worse. But, um, he said that wasn't an issue. And plus horses had winners off. Right. Most of them had the winners off. Needless, needless between 11 starts as a two-year-old and going on the derby trail as a three-year-old had time off. A couple months. Yeah, nice to rest them. Yeah. Give them a little time to just be a horse and yeah. turn them uh, out and let them relax. Dr. Green. Dr. Green is so good. You can turn them out. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. And, and you're right, that's lacking a little bit. But, yeah. you know, in 2011, they actually uh, tore up uh, Santa Anita and they redid the clay underneath because it had settled so much yeah. that it had packed down and got too hard. Mm -hmm. And they pulled it up at a section at a time. And my thoughts are 12 or 14 inches of rain in a short period of time, I'm wondering if all <coughs> that underneath settled again and, and that clay got really, really tough. I mean, that's just what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's, you know, eight years ago they did it. and. Yeah and maybe that needs to be done again. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I wish um, whatever it is, they'd fix it because I love horse racing yeah. and I love so many people in the horse racing yeah. industry that are such good people who <coughs> really adore their horses. Well, and this is just a thing that's giving. It what a, happens you know, is you get groups and I will name, well not name names, but you get these groups that are animal people, the animal rights people, and they come in, they don't know diddly squat about horse racing no, or thoroughbred don't. animals or, or anything. No. And they're, but they're just screaming at the top of the lungs, and they think that we're making these horses run. They love running. They right. want to do it. Oh, they <laughs> love it. American yeah. Pharaoh hated when he was taken to, oh, yeah. you could see it in his face. He yeah. just wanted to run. He yeah. loved to run. Yeah. I, I saw him right after he won the Triple Crown, and I fed him a whole <coughs> bag of baby carrots, and that yeah. boy was ready to go and do it again. Yeah. And let me tell you, I've told this story before. I arrived at the barn and I had regular carrots. And Jimmy Barnes looked at the regular carrots, you know, regular full length carrot, and he goes, oh no, 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 <laughs> thank you. I will give those to the pony horse or somebody. Um, 
he has to have baby peeled um, <laughs> organic carrots. Um, and so he goes and gets a bag of baby <laughs> carrots and comes back. And this is Bob Baffert's assistant trainer. You know, yeah. He has to have yeah. baby peeled yeah. carrots. You know, and people give the thoroughbred industry such a bad rap and a bad name, they have no idea. Yeah. I am telling you, I have been in the backside of almost every track. And everywhere I go, the people are so, I mean, are there some bad apples? Yes, of course there are. There are in every sport, in every line of work, in everything, in all horse competitions, you're going to come across the ones that do things that you don't like, because sure. that's, that's yeah. life, that's everywhere. Sure. But in the thoroughbred industry, I have found more loving, kind people, both locally and across the entire country, yeah. who absolutely adore their horses and take better care than I've seen in many other yeah. disciplines. So I think that the Santa Anita thing is is tending to give the thoroughbred world a bad name. And like you said, the activist groups, no names mentioned, will jump on that bandwagon and start to say, oh, oh the, th the thoroughbred racing world's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And it's really, it's not true, you know? It's, it's not. There, and there's always plenty of guilt and shame to go around. And, and they'll find it. That's what they're looking for. That's yeah. what those people well, find. Well, and you know, just like any sport and even outside the sports world, anything in general, you have, there's so many good people in it. And let's talk about this. You know, just let's say we're talking about horses. There's so many good people oh, yes. and so many good parts, but it just take a couple little negatives and then, you know, and then and yes. they focus on the negatives when there's so much, just we're talking about American Pharaoh. We were at the farm watching JV kiss, kiss the horses and, yes. you know, and, just Nothing all over them faces. all the time, yeah. you, you know, and that goes on in so many, you know, so many bar barns so and stalls true. across the country. And there's and there's a few little negative things here and there, you know, and 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 then you know, and then that's what's in the spotlight. And that's just not that it, it's just it's just it's not. Good. I mean, you talk about American Pharaoh wanting to run. I mean, oh yeah, he doesn't have a bad job now. But <laughs> <laughs> right, I know right, that's right, but, but yeah, so bring bring us yeah. up to, to kind of to the point now where. Needles, um, in 2000, he got in, into the Hall of Fame. Finally. Yes. You know, that, that went on that longer took a long than time. it should have. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. He, he should have been put in a long time ago. But, but he did. He is, he's now in the Hall of Fame, and that's where he belongs. Yes, and an honorary yeah. member of the Ocala Chamber of Commerce. Very, you're, I work yeah, there, you know. I remember, <laughs> I remember, I remember he the, should be listed in our directory. Yeah. <laughs> I remember coming to the stud barn. He had a plaque in front of the stall, and, and uh, yeah, he, he was... I think something else funny that happened when he first, I don't know, first couple of years, I guess he went to stud. Uh, the crew goes to lunch and they come back from lunch and there's a couple that has come in the front gate, set up a picnic lunch in his paddock and he's in there. <laughs> you, know, you, got, you got a breeding stallion, breeding thoroughbred stallion there and these bozos are out there having a picnic lunch. And it, needles probably have, nothing happened, but, but, uh, it's a strange world we live in. It is, you're yeah, right. Yeah. And how nice that he was a stallion here. Yeah, yeah. Right he was, here he in was. at the farm in Reddick and, and yeah. able to... Well, he wasn't in Reddick. He was at the, the old farm was, oh, was, was where, uh, before you came to town, was uh, where Dillard's is. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't even imagine a farm like that. Yeah, oh, I know. You, know what you said Dillard's? Dillard's. Yeah. Yeah, and Dillard's so, so when we moved to Ocala, we, my mom's sitting over here, we moved to Ocala in 1977 and yeah. the... Paddock Mall was a cow pasture. There was no paddock, paddock I can't mall. Even you, imagine. The farms used to be farther in town, yeah. you know? That's yeah. incredible. And then as they started to expand, oh, you know, amazing. Yeah, so we different. were way out. We were five miles out of yeah. the country. We were the country kids. And he yeah. was a very popular <coughs> stallion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, they said he sold more Florida real estate. Yeah. I don't know. Brian might be getting close. There's a couple of books that are worth reading that you can get them at the FTBOA, Florida Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners Association. And they're both written by Charlene Johnson. And one's called Florida Thoroughbred. And then the sequel is called Central Florida Thoroughbred. And there's a tremendous amount of history, great pictures. Pictures of Neil when he's supposed to be training and he's kicking and he's. It, you know, being whatever he is. He used to be able to pull his tongue. He, he loved to have his tongue pulled. And, and you'd go to the stud barn and he'd, he'd stick his old tongue out and of course he tried to bite you after a while. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't vicious, but he, it was just a game he played. He was always up to stuff. So he, amazing. He died at uh, 31, wow. 1984. Wow. And they're doing an interview with Dad and Dudley one time uh, after Needless had been retired from the breeding show. I think he bred till 25, maybe something like that. And a couple of years later, they're doing a, an interview, and they asked Dudley, "Well, well uh, is, is he still breeding?" And Dudley looks at him. Dudley's just dry. He says, 
He says, I don't know about Bonnie, he says, but the horse quit. <laughs> he said the horse quit a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> What a, what a, you got a second for a story about those two guys? Yes, yes. Wonderful. Something you don't see in today's world is loyalty that those guys have. And they're drilling oil wells in southern Illinois, southern Indiana in the late early 40s during the war. And they're allowed to stay and drill their wells because they're in the oil business. They need the oil. Well, my dad, they're in Evansville, Indiana. My dad's walking between two parked cars and a buddy of his doesn't see him. And backs one car and crushes my dad's left calf bone, I mean, just, it was awful. And they take him to the hospital in Evansville and they're gonna take his leg. Gotta take your leg, gotta take your leg. Not taking my leg, not taking my leg. Put him in an ambulance, take him to St. Louis, which today is probably three and a half, four hours. I don't know what it was back then. Get him to St. Louis because my mother had heard about some really good doctor at Barnes Hospital. Saved his leg. He was in the hospital almost a year. And, but Jack Dudley was working for my dad at the time and he was his tool pusher. And Jack stepped up, ran the whole operation, the whole drilling operation. I don't know how many rigs they had going, probably two or three. And Jack ran the whole shooting match. And when my dad got out of the hospital and got back to work, they, they made, made him, he was a partner and became partners for life. So, that, you don't see that. No, you don't. No, you're right. No, not in today's that. world. No. That's no. wonderful. No, you, you're right. yeah. How incredible. Yeah, it, it was a different, different world. Really yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, I like that, where a handshake was, yeah. was good enough. Yep. Yeah. You, you know what's crazy is you know I said I got my mom sitting over here so I my dad grew up in that era but I always felt like even even recently like I always felt like like I was made to grow up during that era because that's the way I was raised that's how our you know how our morals were and standards and you know I would have loved to have grown up in that era because that's I know it's just too. how you know the world's so different you know these days you know, I, uh, I, I, we, we got to close. We got to close out this segment, but we got another segment coming up that we're we're going to do uh, with Bonnie. But I want to read this paragraph. Um, the horse needles, for his part, was perfectly suited for public relations. About three or four days before he died, a group of school kids went to see him. Herb told the Daily Racing Form in 1984 he was always a ham around crowds. There were 10 or 12 of the kids and they all had cameras and took pictures of him. He posed and when they left he stuck his head out of his stall as though to ask where are you going and don't you want to take any more pictures of me? <laughs> and that was just three or four days before he passed away that in 84. Him. So what a guy. Cantankerous, tough, yep. uh, incredible racehorse and right up until very last few days of his life. A real personality. Yes, but we got something else to talk about with Bonnie. So coming back in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Stay with us. Earth Song Ranch is not just for horses. We're here for your kitty kids and puppy pals too, and for their humans. We carry a line of dehydrated whole foods for dogs and cats and our own line of probiotics and digestive enzymes for them as well. We carry longevity minerals and supplements for humans. We walk our talk and we're all about a more natural approach to health for animals and humans. Visit us at earthsongranch.com or on Facebook, come and like us. It's hot out there, so come on in and chill out at Tack Shack of Ocala. For every $50 you spend, receive $10 in Tack Shack store bucks. So beat the heat with one-stop shopping, horsey or not, and earn $10 for every $50 you spend from now until August 25th. So come on in, cool off, and shop at your favorite and newly remodeled dog-friendly tack store. Tack Shack of Ocala, where the champions shop. Tack Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store. This is Hall of Fame jockey Gary Stevens. You're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. I'm Louisa Barton, your host, and in the studio with me, I have Bonnie Heath from Bonnie Heath Farm, and I have Brian Cox from New Millennium Realty, who is co-hosting with me today. Bonnie and I have been talking about needles and been telling some great stories, and now I want him to come back like every week <laughs> <laughs> so we can talk some more because they're the greatest <coughs> stories. And actually, Brian said earlier, he sort of like wished he was you know, around then. And I, I kind of got that feeling too. Like, wouldn't that have been cool to be part of all that? You know, the, the secretariat stories and the needles stories and the affirm stories are like the best. Um, and Bonnie, of course, still has a farm and um, 19 or so horses on it. But we're actually going to talk about something else uh, that can relate to horses uh, or to people. And that is biohacking. Biohacking. 
I love it. I know. Well, let me tell you what it is. Um, first of all, when when you love what you do, the horse business, but the dollars aren't matching up, you got to find a side gig. Yes, that's true. And so I found a side gig totally by accident. Was was paying, you know, minding my own business one day, and some somebody came up to me in Saratoga, and a friend of ours, Debbie Crow, and uh, she's an equine massage therapist, known her for a long time. And she just gives me all this, Kim and I, all this information. We don't pay any attention to it. But ran into her eight months later, and she looked different. She looked healthy. She looked good. What are you doing? She comes over to the house, shows us this video. And this is, a, this is an ABC primetime investigator report. And, you know, when those guys go out, I don't watch the news. I haven't watched the news for 30, yes, 38 years. not a good but, idea. But <laughs> I understand <laughs> that when they, when they send out an investigator report, it's not to make you look good. Right. And this makes this company look good and makes this product look wonderful. They pull blood on this guy, John Canonis. Well, I guess what his name is, but something like that. And uh, they pull his blood and it, it works on him. And it works on all mammals. There are studies that, that make it work. But what, what biohacking is, is taking full control of your own biology. And it's the desire to understand the body and mind that you've been given using everything at your disposal, which is cutting edge technology, tools, and science. And you're trying to become the best you you can become. And this company is doing it with uh, a, a new study called Nutrigenomics. We talked about it a minute ago. No, I don't want to say it. Yeah, Nutrigenomics. <laughs> yeah, it's I think I got it's it. tough to say, but it's, it's <laughs> neutral with an I, genomics. Genomics. Yes. Okay. And, and what you're doing is by the study, by studying the effects of nutrients and natural compounds on our genes, we're creating scientifically backed products that support cognitive health and promote healthy aging on the cellular level. I so, heard cognitive. Yeah. We know all about like lack of focus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so we're going to the cellular level. I we're, am such a rabbit hole yeah. person. Ask my friends. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're, we're washing <laughs> we're washing cells here. We're, we're, you know, you go to the laundromat, wash your clothes or do, at home. I need we're, my we're cells washing, washing. Washing cells. So what happened to us was Kim and I saw this video we said, we got to do this. You know, we, we eat pretty good. We take good care of ourselves. But we said, we got to do this. Three weeks to the day later, our best thoroughbred mare, Miss Pangea, who was 18, uh, daughter of honor, you've seen the pedigree, wonderful pedigree. Mm -hmm. She has a stillborn foal, and it was mm -hmm. on a Friday. Retained placenta. Saturday morning, full-blown laminitis, all four feet, oh, as bad gosh. as I've ever seen. And anybody that's in the horse business, uh, it's the most devastating thing that there is. And they rarely recover from it. Well, she's locked up and, and, and it's, it's awful. But the vet comes, standard Western medicine, which I'm sorry doesn't work. Um, but Kim had been smart enough to give this guy information about, it's called NRF2, number two activation. It's a totally different pathway than most doctors and vets don't know about it. Well, our vet had read this. He says, she, she gives him the bottle of these pills. So what about trying this on her? He said, why not? Let's try it. Because he knows Western medicine is suspect anyway. <laughs> God is my witness. That was Saturday morning. By Sunday afternoon, this mare is bright-eyed. Her eyes are clear. She's looking out the top of her stall, nickering out to, the, to her buddies out in the paddock, stepping out of her eyes tub, being a bad patient. She was that much different. It was that quick and that dramatic. Day three wow. was day three was Tuesday. They shot X-rays of her feet. No rotation of the coffin bone. No sinking of the soul. And he said, in fact, I've got to give you more antibiotics because I didn't. I only gave you enough for three days. I didn't think she'd live three days. I said, Bill, I didn't think she'd make the first night. She was, she was that bad. So three more days go by. They pull another blood. And he says, I got another vet close by. It's going to come take the catheter out of her neck. Blood works perfect. Six days. She was, like I said, she was 18 when that happened. She was so good the spring of the next year when she was 19, we bred her. Had a big colt we sold at Keeneland as a yearling. Had two, about uh, four years she was eligible to have a foal since then she's had three babies. And so, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer. I've seen what, it, what this product can do. And all that I can tell you it's going to do is, is going to reduce oxidative stress. It's proven with a PubMed study. And when you're doing research, folks, wherever you are, don't go to Google. I'm sorry, Google's hogwash. Use Google for addresses and old songs. <laughs> but and, and, and don't, don't do it for serious research. Use Google Scholar or use PubMed, P-U-B-M-E-D dot G-O-V. And that's where your doctor goes. We've got 24 <coughs> peer-reviewed studies on our product. And we also have one from the National Institute of Aging.
proven to reduce aging. Only product that reduces aging. Man, we got that. Don't well, well, yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah. But we reduce <laughs> oxidative stress. And if you look, if you go to PubMed.gov and put in any disease, I don't care if it's, it's cancer, heart disease, diabetes, I don't care if it's beriberi, I don't care what it is. Put it in there and put slash oxidative stress. You'll find out what's at the heart of it. It's at the heart of every disease. It, all it is is, is, is ce cellular stress. Yeah. And we've all heard about uh, free radicals running oh, loose yes. in our body. Well, that's what causes oxidative stress. Exactly. And so this yeah. product's proven to do that. It's, it's, it's so simple. And it's, people just don't believe it. They're all plugged into to modern medicine. And I'm They're all plugged in to get a prescription. And, and we're talking and straight on, on cellular level. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and... So this this guy, he might look like yeah. a realtor, so, but yeah. he's a pharmacist. So yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I started, selling, yeah, started selling real estate but he couldn't sleep 14 years ago. My parents are both retired <laughs> pharmacists, so all my background is all medical. Okay. So, and what you learn in basic biology is the basic of your body, you got a cell, right? And the cells make up the tissues and the tissues make up the organs yeah. and if without the cells you have you have nothing Enough. and so you if you don't start on this cellular you know cellular level and what he's talking about oxidative stress and um i mean that's the basis of everything you know the nucleus and the mitochondria and, Brian, and, and i'm oh. so glad what? you sell farms not medicine <laughs> yeah <laughs> right my, my dad was an illegal drug dealer no, I mean, a, a legal drug dealer illegal no, yeah. say that clearly both legal. legal both legal drug dealers my whole life so um <laughs> you hear about everywhere they're, they're legal there are antioxidants hi lewis they have antioxidants in everything i mean right everything from from blueberries yeah blueberries yeah to, to, to that's right yeah to toilet paper I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure they have it in toilet paper yep you cannot eat and consume enough outside antioxidants to help yourself. Your you body, need to talk to him because yeah. you have a problem. Your your body creates that one, I'm not going to mention on it. What what <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> your body, no, it's not that. Your body can create or will create, the average body creates one hundred and thirty sextillion free radicals every day. Yeah, you can't get rid of them. You, you can't get rid of them fast enough. You That's eat, a bunch. You can eat yeah. 300, I think it's You'd have to be funneling, you'd have to be funneling blueberry juice and yeah. all the other stuff together like but, 24 hours a day. Yeah. But <laughs> if you turn on the NRF2 pathway in your body, you can yeah. create the enzymes, the SOD, which is superoxide dismutase, which you probably know about, and the catalase and the glutathione, those three. Say that again, if you turn on the- If you turn on your, your enzymes, your body's enzymes. Right. That's what does the work. That breaks down all the breaks down all the. Yeah, your body stuff. can do it. Yeah. Your body will keep up. You know, if, if I were to have my blood tested with a T-bar test, I would have the oxidative stress of a 20-year or younger person. It works every time. I, I don't want to do it because I'm just too cheap. It's about seven hundred dollars a pop. Do you want to be 19 <laughs> again, Louisa? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Well, it's inside, inside, right? inside. Yeah, inside. inside. That'd be fine. Yeah. That's the beauty. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so simple. Actually, I'll be honest with you, I'm healthier now than I was when I was 19 because what I didn't know when I was 19 that I know now is about food and about medicines and about, you know, and, and I'm, a, I'm a big fan of doctors. I think doctors save lives. I think, yep. I think hospitals, I think emergency rooms and trauma wards and all those places and are absolutely phenomenal. Thank God for them that they're there. If you're in a car accident, you want to see a doctor and a miniature horse. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, that's later. Uh, but but I'm serious. You want to see a doctor in an emergency. But I am not a believer in this, you know, prescription for everything. Masking. Mask it with this. Mask it with that. I have a son with Asperger's who's not medicated. I have a horse with Cushing's who's not medicated. I, I believe that you can control so many things naturally. And I believe, really firmly believe on you start on the inside. You don't put a Band-Aid on oh that was a bad finger um you don't put a band-aid on on things you fix it from the you're, inside out and you're, that's a, you're a biohacker yeah i'm a biohacker but to, to, bar to borrow a little bit from abraham hicks when you start looking for the cause instead of the cure yes there you you're, go. you're on to something yes you know this is not a health care system that we have available to us. it's a sick care system right you're not getting out of that puppy once you get in it no you're not that's true so how do people get this from you call call me uh 
It would be easier. I could give you the website, but I just call me first because I want you to watch a short video. You need it. Yep. Yeah. Consultation. The phone number is 867 5309. I'm kidding. <laughs> Who's that? I used to crank call that number. It used to be the number in the shores when I was a kid. Number 867-5309. <laughs> Please don't call that number. Yeah. Bonnie, uh, what's your number? 352-362-8544. Again, 352-362-8544. Never after 10 o'clock at night. No. Because I'm a horse guy. Yes, and you got to get up early. Get up early. Yeah, I'm horizontal. But yeah. you can get, you can talk to the person, you can send them the video, and yeah. then you can help them. And Absolutely. From the inside out. And from the inside out. The, bo from the, the body, cell you level. know, God gave us a wonderful body. And, and if we'll quit putting junk in. You, know, you got to treat it right. I can follow people around the grocery store. I can tell you the ones that are sick just by what's in their grocery cart. I know. You're right. Read the ingredients. They're, yeah. they're, well, they're 80 pounds overweight. Yeah. And, and, and look, at their, look at their grocery cart. Yes. I know. I mean, we're killing right. ourselves. Bonnie, thank you so much. Thank you. That's incredible. I'm really excited to uh, get started. I, I will so. have a report for you soon because um, I'm going to get started on uh, Bonnie's program and then I'm going to come back and tell you all about it and uh, here, here. and my son too. And Maybe uh, we'll do it together. I, you have to do it, yes. Brian, yeah. because <laughs> we're going to talk about afterwards what's wrong with you. What, Not acting on it. like a squirrel? <laughs> <laughs> We'll Bonnie Heath, it has <laughs> been an absolute honor and a pleasure Thank to have you, you with Thanks. us. Thank what you. a treat. You please you. come back. I will. Okay, good. I will. We'll have more for you on the Horse Talk Show. Stay with us and we will be back in just a few minutes. Whether in the arena or on the trails, Ovation helmets are designed to keep you cool and comfortable. Choose from styles like the Sync, the Deluxe, the Protégé, the Eclipse, the Quantum and more. Styles with removable liners and reinforced ventilation panels for hot Florida summers. For the lightest and most comfortable helmets on the market today, check out Ovation helmets at EnglishRidingSupply.com or get fitted for your perfect new helmet at Tack Shack of Ocala. New Horizon Insurance Solutions provides first-class customer service and ethical solutions based on over 30 years of knowledge and experience in the risk management and self-funded community. New Horizon Insurance Solutions guides clients to the best, most proven companies and individuals that assure you reach your desired goals. Services include equine and bloodstock, farm and ranch insurance, consulting and workers' compensation. Contact Nigel at nigelwarbank at gmail.com for more.